Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right. Uh, happy Halloween, all you uh, hey, hey. ghosts and goblins out there. Uh, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Dude, you ought to see my costume. It's a two-in-one. What is it? If you look at it one way, it looks I'm like s- Lurch from the Adams Family. And when you look at it from a- another <laughs> angle, it looks like Bob Mueller. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, but you should be Elvis every single year. With a guy looking, there's no way you should ever be outside. Uh, someone emailed me the other day, said they looked at your avatar on Twitter. He's at Joe Haas yeah. with a Z1 and said you were better looking than Elvis. I'm going to have to forward you that email. Yes, I got But that is why Lurch and Bob Wow. Don't think that passed me. I got it. Yeah. I was just I was just hellbent on getting the Elvis thing out there. I'm glad you did. Oh, Thank boy. You. Happy Halloween, My kids Dano. love Halloween. My daughter, yes, my daughter's Batgirl. My other daughter is uh, 14, so really couldn't give a rat's caboose <laughs> about dressing up anymore. All right, folks, let me get right to it. I got a lot of news for you today. Um, I've had a couple questions about something I mentioned the other day about the ringleaders in this Spygate thing, and I did kind of gloss over some of the connections. So I got some news on that, the 14th Amendment uh, debate about birthright, citizenship, and other stuff. Don't go anywhere. All right, today's show brought to you by our buddies at My Patriot Supply. You ensure everything in your life that matters. How can you possibly not secure your food supply? That makes no sense. When an emergency strikes, what's your first impulse? If your answer is run to the grocery store, like everybody does here in Florida during hurricane season, a lot of times you'll find chaos and plenty of empty shelves, no bottled water. A lot of the canned food is missing. So how do you avoid this? It's simple. Use today to make a plan. The worst time to prepare for a hurricane, earthquake, blizzard, social unrest, whatever. The worst time to prepare is when it's actually happening. You got to prepare now when things are calm. The practical place to start is by storing up food in your house. I use My Patriot Supply for my food storage. I buy it myself. Although if My Patriot Supply wants to send me a few extra freebies, I'll take them too. I have about, (laughs) I don't know, 10 boxes of this stuff in my house. I'm not kidding. I'm happy to take a picture for you. If you don't have an emergency food supply, it's time to do so. Here's a great item that makes it real simple. A two-week emergency food kit that comes in a rugged tote. This week, it's only $75 when you go to my special website, preparewithdan.com, or call 888-411-8926. These food kits include breakfast, lunches, dinners, last up to 25 years in storage. Order now. Prepare yourself, then rest easy. 888-411-8926 or preparewithdan.com. 888-411-8926 or preparewithdan.com. All right. So much going on. Uh, Joe, you got those cuts ready to rock, right? Yeah, man. Whenever you need them. Reminds me of Aliens. Vasquez. Let's rock! Remember that? You remember Aliens? <laughs> One of my favorite movies. I was going to name my daughter Ripley, uh, but my wife wouldn't let me. My daughter Isabel. Now, she loves the name Ripley. She says yeah. she's going to name her kids that. So I loved Vasquez. She was my favorite character in that movie. So uh, just quickly before I get to the ringleaders uh, operation mm. here, I want to talk about that uh, today because I'm getting a lot of emails. I'd mentioned Victoria Newland being the bureaucratic, what I feel to be ringleader of the Spygate uh, debacle based on her inability to articulate what her role exactly was. I kind of glossed over the other ones and I got a ton of emails, people saying to me, Dan, that's major league stuff. Why'd you leave it behind? Mm. But before we get to that, this argument about civility that's ongoing. Uh, with the Democrats is uh, 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 unbelievable, Joe. Unbelievable. We have the Democrat Party, the liberals, and the liberal media propaganda machine insisting that there be a civility debate. Okay, great. As I said, fine. I am. I am always willing to talk about a 
let's roast marshmallows, sit around a campfire moment. We can discuss facts and issues again. But as I said the other day in my show, until you're willing to put aside identity politics and punishment politics, that's not going to happen. I am not going to sit around a campfire and, you know, smoke a peace pipe with you as you call us racists and homophobes and transophobes and Islamophobes. That's not going to happen. These are disgusting labels. They're grotesque. And as long as you insist on doing that, I'm not interested in any conversation with you. Secondly, it isn't good enough for the left to win. The left needs to punish. As I addressed the other day, they can't win on social issues. They want to make sure if you don't bake a cake, you're put out of business. Until that goes away, there is going to be no, as I said, rapprochement. Spelled out for those of you who love the and hate love or hate the big reproachment. <laughs> reproachment. There's not gonna be this 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 come to Jesus moment between us. There's not. I'm sorry. You forfeit those two things and agree to talk about the facts, and I'm willing to do it. Now, what's even more tragically ironic about this entire civility conversation, Joe, is the left is absolutely doubling down mm. on in- insane, deranged rhetoric. I pulled this for Joe this morning, hence uh, why we started a little, a little bit late. You won't notice the difference, but I want to play this cut, this compilation of liberals, you know, pseudo fake Republicans trying to get jobs at MSNBC like that complete loser, Steve Schmidt, uh, a complete loser. One of the of all the talking heads, him and Max Boot take the crown in the loser Olympics. Listen to this compilation of them. And Joe, this is the civil, the air quotes, civil side of the debate. Play that cut. This president has radicalized so many more people than ISIS ever did. As the biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized up to the right. And we have to start doing something about them. Trump has delivered on the things that they care about most. He has delivered racism for these people. He has delivered misogyny for these people. The same type of rhetoric, the same type of propaganda that you would have seen in Germany in 1938, the dehumanization, turning people into infested vermin. Look, the young people in this country are not with this sort of evil, nasty authoritarianism. Republicans have to call this out because their souls are on the line. So he heads a giant cult. He also heads a party that knows very well that he's a giant cult. His erratic behavior, his ignorance could pose a profound danger to every single person in this country and literally every inhabitant of the planet Earth. He's obviously a racist. He's obviously a demagogue. He obviously condones anti-Semitism, stokes up nationalist hatred, all the stuff we've said. That's propaganda. That's what happened in Nazi Germany. This radical group of right-wingers who've perverted our democracy and really are doing what they can to ruin our country. This whole caravan in the last week of the election is a giant lie. This is Trump's Reichstag fire. Look, evil lurks in the hearts of men, and it does, and what Trump has tapped into is evil. We're going to see if this reign lasts for 30 days, or two years, or a thousand-year Reich. What Trump does with the power that people give him is turns it to evil. Here we are after the carnage, and this man... This moral monster is playing to those base instincts. It's not even a question of whether it's presidential behavior or not. It's not minimally human behavior. There's no way that he's going to prevail because he's evil. He's dark. It's the opposite of what America stands for. This has now become a struggle about good versus evil. And the president of the United States is evil. 
Folks, I'm sorry that was a long cut. Joe and I have a, a de facto policy of not playing anything more than roughly a minute if we mm-hmm. don't have to. But it's worth hearing that out. That was a compilation of uh, fake Republican, uh, but but real loser, Steve Schmidt, uh, John Heilman, uh, another complete nutbag uh, who, who does some commentary at NBC. Howard Dean was thrown in there. There were Don Lemon was in there. It was a compilation of radical far left uh, Looney Tunes uh, who, are, again, are supposedly the ones leading this civility debate, talking about analogies over and over to Nazi Germany. Um, the Holocaust, uh, fascism, racism. And let me just be clear. These are the people we're supposed to sit down with and say, okay, we accept your premise that we're all of these things. Now, how do we be civil going forward? Again, these are the people leading the civility debate. Are you serious? Are you out of your mind? You know, I usually don't pull cuts that early while Joe's on the way back rushing to get home, but it was important you heard that whole thing. I'll play it later on my NRA TV show later today, too, with the with the actual video. It is unbelievable that these are the people the media thinks should be leading the civility debate, the most uncivil people among us. Gross. Just great. You know what? It's it's so disappointing. It really is. Folks, listen to me. Please vote. Please get out and vote. Well, the one thing you can do to constantly frustrate these people and their 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 tyrannical impulses. To, to, you know, to suppress the evil side of society most. You, you evil conservatives, you're all those things that just said in the compilation era of that audio compilation. The one thing you can do to frustrate them and drive them wild is to keep them from the power they so crave to suppress your freedom and liberty. Please get out and vote. It is the one thing you can do to stop these people and their police state anti-free speech impulses. Keep them out of power. And take 10 friends with you. It, there is absolutely no excuse for you to be sitting on the sidelines. If you are even thinking about a reason to not vote, I'm sorry, but you're part of the problem right now. I, I know that doesn't sound good. I'm not trying to alienate the audience. I'm just telling you the hard truth. That they crave the power you are desperate to give them if you decide not to show up. If the numbers of people who show up in this election for the Republican side are anywhere close to the voter turnout we had in the presidential, which is rare. Obviously, midterms are always far lower turnout. If it's anywhere close, these people will not sniff power again. Not for the next two years. We'll be safe. This is what we're looking at. This is what you you are. You know what? If you decide not to vote, you are voting. You're voting for that. You know, it's really hard to even look at that or listen to that. It really, it really, really is. Right. I saw you, uh, Joe. I, I, you know, obviously Joe and I could see each other. He's, he's just, he was leaning back in a chair, like with his hand in his head. Like you can't even, folks, you can't even listen. Let me just explain to you too a little bit. I know you like, some of you enjoy the, the behind the scenes stuff. Mm. I've done commentary for CNN and MSNBC in the past. A lot of it for CNN. The videos are all over YouTube. And let me explain to you why this stuff happens and why people get crazy. Like this complete loser, Steve Schmidt, who claims to be a Republican. He's not. He's, he's, I'm banning him from the Republican Party. I'm making a unilateral decision there, okay? You go in a green room, and what they do is these people who have no sense of direction in their lives outside of the notoriety they get from cable news, none. I was a dad, a Secret Service agent, a cop, a, a, a spouse to my beautiful wife. My identity 
and my place on the planet does not revolve around me being on cable news. I enjoy doing commentary. I like it. I like being able to get ideas out there and arguing for them, but it's not my identity, folks. I had an identity. I met Joe long before I was consistently doing anything on cable news. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of these people live in empty vacuums. They have no spines and their lives are meaningless outside of the notoriety they get from saying crazy things on cable news. Folks, please don't doubt me. I, I, I live in this environment now. These people like Steve Schmidt, he was the crazy one talking about the, this is like Nazi Germany. He's the guys, the guy needs to see someone. Steve Schmidt, what he does is he goes in the green room and he gets from liberals who are sitting in the green room of CNN or he's at NBC in the green room. They sit there and go, Steve, listen, man, as a former Republican, that thing you said about Trump and the Nazis, Joe, that was great, buddy. That mm. was great. They pat him on the back. Hey, a lot of these places have Keurigs in the green room. Can I get you a Keurig? It's free. Yeah, it's free. Of course it's free. It's a Keurig in the green room. I'll buy you your coffee. It's free. Yeah, Steve, here's a cup for you. By the way, uh, uh, do you want some half and half in there? Hold on, let me go get it for you. And Steve feeds off it. They feed off. Then they go out in public in these in these bubble enclaves they live in in D.C., uh, New York, uh, L.A., where they go. You know the, these entertainment, academic, mm-hmm. political elite bubbles. Joe, you've seen it. You're not far from no, it out there in Maryland. No. And what do they do? They go to travel on a plane, and people see him in an airport, and a liberal say, "Oh, Steve." Steve, that comparison with Trump to the Nazis, you're so spot on, man. You so have your finger on the pulse of what's going on in America. No, you don't. You lost the election, you idiot. You guys got crushed in the Electoral College. Yeah, you, basically, Hillary Clinton won the governorship of California and New York and got smoked everywhere else. But she won the popular vote. Uh, really? It's a popular vote election? I was unaware of that. Apparently, uh, uh, Hillary missed that part of the Constitution where we don't do that by popular vote. But this is what happens in their coastal bubble elites, Joe, these population centers in New York and California, they're celebrated. They walk down the streets. Guys, ladies, listen to me. I've seen it. I've been there. I'm not making this up. I am in this space now in cable news. I have lived through it. But having had a real job in my life, spending 12 years in the Secret Service getting you know, yelled at by very serious people, if you made even the slightest mistake, like misplacing a sandbag on a bike rack, That was real work that had real consequences. I'm not kidding. If the president trips and falls because you misplaced a sandbag and breaks his nose, you just created an international incident. That was a real job, okay? And those rules apply to you as well. If you're out there and you're an electrician working on a building in midtown Manhattan, you decide one day, "Ah, you know what, Joe, I'm having a rough day. I'm just going to put these wires in wrong because it's easier. And the freaking building burns down. You just cost people their lives. You know why you don't do that? Because you live in the real world. Joe Armacost works on now the third biggest conservative podcast in the country, thanks to you, this show. Mm-hmm. He also works at a live radio station. Live. Meaning it's on the air. Live. For liberals who have a tough time with the language. Joe can't go in, oh, you know what? I'm hungover today. I'm just going to dial it in, folks. Like, what do you mean dial it in? Yeah, I'll make it live when I feel like it. It doesn't work that way. Nope. If Joe screws up, the show goes off the air. And you know what happens? Joe, he gets fired. We live in a world of consequences. 
these cable news talking heads, civility, civility, as they simultaneously call us Nazis and racists. That's what that compilation was. Mm -hmm. They don't live in a world of consequences. Do you understand that? They're what I call men of letters. They write letters to each other in the form of editorials, in the form of commentary. They're men of letters and women of letters. That lady, Julia Ioff, who said that Trump has radicalized more people than ISIS. They're, they're men and women of letters. They write to each other. And then as they get the letters and they hear the commentary, they celebrate each other. But the letters are not read and the commentary is not heard amongst people who actually work for a living. It's a self-celebratory circle of idiots. They all, they, they have them, they're in a circle, right? They have their arms around each other like they're taking a picture and it's a mutual back, a back patting brigade. Patting themselves on the shoulder constantly. Looking right, looking left. You're the best. No, you're the best. No, you're the best. No, you're the best. I'm the best. He's the best. She's the best. You're a pepper. He's a pepper. They're a pepper too. Everybody's the best. Everybody. And the back patting never stops. Oh, you called him a Nazi? I'm going to call him a double Nazi. No, he's a triple Nazi. He's a Nazi's Nazi. He's the Naziest of Nazi Nazis. Of all the Nazis, he's the Naziest Nazi of Nazis in the Naziest class of Nazis. Then the other guy in the green goes, oh, man, Joe, how do I surpass that? Well, no, he's Nazi. (laughs) Dude, you, you. (laughs) These, this is right. Yeah. This is what they do. I've You've been in this space yes. forever. They, and, and listen, to be fair, some yeah. you know, some people will do it on our side too, where you, yes, you surpass yes. each other for the craziest sound bites. I'm not suggesting yeah. but we don't do sound bites like this. This is insane. This is nuts. If you say this stuff on, on Fox, you'd be thrown off the air. I'm telling you, I know you would be tossed off the air. Trust me. But it's perfectly acceptable on MSNBC and CNN. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. Yes. It is a it is a competition in the stupid Olympics for the gold medal of dumb sound bites. Yes, sir. But it's not dumb to them. In this circle jerk of stupidity, they celebrate it. And they, how, how can I prove it? This lady, Julia Ioff over every day after saying Trump radicalized more people than ISIS, apparently was back on the air. (laughs) Folks, you would be kicked off any respectable cable news outlet for saying something so outrageously offensive, but you're celebrating. She goes in the green room and somebody's like, okay, yesterday I'm Steve Schmidt and I compared Trump to the Nazis for the 10,000th time. Now, Julia went out there. Julia and Julia said he radicalized more people than ISIS. How do we go? Oh, what's next? He's worse than Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. He's he's a a, a till of the Hun. He's Idi Amin. He's Baby Doc or Papa Doc and just Baby Baby Papa Doc. He's Super (laughs) Papa Doc. He's. He's Carlos the Jackal. <laughs> they run out of stupid things to say. You know, uh, yeah, the depth of a bottle cap there, Dan. Brother, it's mm-hmm. so, so irritating. It oh. is. I've seen it. 
they compete for the, the, the they want to desperately get on Mediaite or get on the Huffington Post or some left-leaning website so that they get bookings from other people. This is how the business works. This is how it works. Mm-hmm. They don't have their own... Sh- One more. I'm sorry. I know this is going on, folks, but this is super important. You understand the background and why this stuff happens. Mm-hmm. They, when, I, when I say this stuff, I mean the insane Nazi comparisons, racist rhetoric, all this stuff on CNN. Number one reason it happens, they want bookings. Number two, they are not kicked off these stations for saying this stuff. You would be thrown off Fox for this. I'm telling you. I'm telling you with 100% certainty. Number three, a lot of them, but not all of them, don't have their own individual platforms because they know that stuff doesn't sell in mass. So they don't have any, there's no emergency break on their behavior. What do I mean by that? Folks, I have a podcast that appeals to sane, rational people. I can't go on cable news, and nor would I, by the way. But even if I was trying to be a sensationalist, right? Oh, let's just compare, let, let's compare Obama, God forbid, to like Hitler. You just don't do that stuff. You don't do it. I have an audience. I have an audience that respects common sense and decency. They don't, do you understand what I mean by this, Joe? They don't have that. Mm-hmm. Steve Schmidt does not have an individual audience he's worried about losing. So he goes on CNN. He needs extra bookings. He <laughs> needs that contract, or excuse me, MSNBC. He needs it to be renewed. He knows he won't be thrown off. So he ups the ante each time. Yeah. Trump's a bad guy. Trump's a really bad guy. Trump may be a fascist. Trump is a fascist. Mm-hmm. You know, Trump has some comparison with the Nazis. Trump is a Nazi. Trump's worse than the Nazis. Trump's the Naziest Nazi of all the Nazis. And it never stops. There is no emergency break on it. He's not going to lose an audience. He doesn't have one. This is why this continues. This is why you have maniacs like Rick Wilson out there, who is shockingly is still allowed on TV. John Heilman. Oh, Trump is appealing to, to, to racists. None of these charges were ever levied against Donald Trump until he ran as a Republican. Never. Right. He was celebrated by people in the civil rights community. It's disappointing, Joe. And I, I'm, I'm serious. Mm-hmm. I, I know I bring up Joe a lot, but Joe and I go back a long way. This is not a new relationship. We've no. known each other since 2011, which in my, believe me, the way <laughs> it's an eternity for me. <laughs> um, but he knew me before any of this happened. And I'm, I'm not trying to give myself an unnecessarily pretentious pat on the back either. I'm just telling you that the opportunity presented itself early in my career many times to say sensationalist things to try to get additional bookings. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it never happened. It didn't. I had this conversation with my wife who listens to the show, who can vouch for me. There were many opportunities. I'm, I'm not going to say which. I'll just leave it at when the Secret Service thing happened a long time ago. There were a lot of opportunities for stuff. Let's just say stuff. Mm-hmm. And I refused to do it because the key to longevity in this business with your audience. And with people who watch cable news and other things, the key to longevity is to have some self-respect and dignity and speak the truth. You're going to have some moments you wish you said things different. You can't appear on cable news or a podcast for thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of hours at this point. You cannot do it and not say things wrong once in a while. But when you keep your dignity and you avoid ridiculous nonsense like that, people will follow. And that's why we've been gracious enough to keep you as an audience. Unlike that nonsense, garbage, being spewed out of the mouths of ridiculous leftists.
All right. I got a lot more to get to. I, I, that was necessary, folks. Yes, it was. You need to understand what's going on behind the scenes. All right. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies. Glad they're back. ExpressVPN. I use ExpressVPN. With all the recent news about online security breaches, it's hard not to worry about where your data goes. Making an online purchase or simply accessing your email could put your private information at risk. You are being tracked. We know that online by social media sites, marketing companies, and your mobile or internet provider. Not only can they record your browsing history, but they often sell it to other corporations who want to profit from your information. That's why I decided to take back my own privacy and my family's by using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN has easy-to-use apps. Easy. They run seamlessly in the background of my computer, phone, and tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. It is unbelievably simple. I am not a technology guy. I can do it. Super simple. ExpressVPN secures and anonymizes your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. Protect yourself with ExpressVPN. It only costs uh, less than $7 a month. Listen to this. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. We like that. So if you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is a solution. If you don't want to hand over your online history to your internet provider or data resellers, ExpressVPN is the answer. Protect your online activity today and find out how to get three months free gratis at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Learn more. Okay, moving on. So uh, before I get to this ringleaders thing, just quickly on this uh, 14th Amendment birthright citizenship thing um, that has really picked up. Ladies and gentlemen, as I said to you yesterday, I was glad we got out in front of it. The show did very well for us. Um, It is an argument about the difference between political and territorial jurisdiction. Now, I I have a lot of respect for the writers at the Wall Street Journal. I always have. I've been reading it since I'm a kid. And I really enjoy their op-eds. If you're a regular listener to the show, um, you know that. I cite their work often. I'll be talking about some more of it later today. But I'm sorry, one of the um, editorial pieces they have today in their editorial column is wrong. Um, I can prove it to you simply by reading a portion of it myself. Ladies and gentlemen, I made two points during yesterday's show. If you missed it, please go back and listen about this birthright citizenship argument. In other words, uh, children born here of illegal immigrants who get instant citizenship. I said the left is going to tell you two things. They're going to tell you the case has already been decided by the Supreme Court. It hasn't. And I told you, secondly, they're going to uh, make you believe that this is a territorial jurisdiction argument, not a political one. Um, and I said to you, that has not, has not been decided. That has not been decided. The 14th Amendment, the second clause is critical. All people born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. That second clause is important. If the writers of the 14th Amendment wanted everyone born in the United States for it to apply to everyone, why put the second clause and subject to the jurisdiction thereof? Why? Just put all people born in the United States are citizens. Thank you. Have a nice day. There's a reason that second clause is in there. It means people subjected to the political jurisdiction of. Not people who were born here. Matter of fact, the writer of the 14th Amendment was pretty clear on this. This did not apply um, to people who were not subject to the political jurisdiction of the United States. In other words, people who are citizens of other countries. There you go. Now, the Wall Street Journal, for some reason, is, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're leftists on immigration, typically. 
Let me read to you an op-ed piece today, which is clearly designed to misdirect. And this is the Wall Street Journal, a, a, a normally right-leaning organization uh, or print outlet when it comes to especially economics. I told you they were going to try to tell you this, was, uh, this has been decided by the Supreme Court. It has not. Let me read it. Quote, the Supreme Court reinforced the meaning, of, talking about the 14th Amendment, in U.S. versus Wang Kim Ark, 1898, by upholding the citizenship of a child born in San Francisco of Chinese parents barred from citizenship by the Chinese Exclusion Act. The court wrote that the 14th Amendment affirms the ancient and fundamental rule of citizenship by birth within the territory in the allegiance and protection of the country, including all children here born of resident aliens. Oh, uh, so you're, I, I don't get it. You're contradicting your own point. You're suggesting here that because the Supreme Court in 1898 decided children born here of resident aliens, not illegal aliens, resident aliens. That's not the point. No one, Joe, is suggesting that a child born here of green card holders, uh, people legally within the United States, resident aliens, nobody is suggesting those children are not going to be granted citizenship. No right, one. Right, That's not right. what Trump is suggesting. Right, right. He is very clearly and specifically, Joe, talking about the children of parents here illegally in the country. The Wall Street Journal here writes this as if we're going to all miss this resident alien portion. I told you I would not steal you. Oh, by the way, I didn't want to say uh, one correction yesterday, a significant one. I get something wrong. We put it out there instantly. I... I don't know why I said that. There are other countries that do this. Yesterday I said there are no other countries that oh. do it. There are very few. Canada, Canada does in fact do it. And there are some countries around the world that do grant uh, birthright citizenship. But it is a, a very, very small portion. My sincere apology. I never like to steer you wrong. But this Supreme Court case, I don't know why I even said that. I, I, uh, candidly, folks, I know that. I was in, in the research piece I put out. I just got ahead of myself. And for, forgive me for that. Um, but on this specific point, mm-hmm. I knew they were going to pull up this Supreme Court case. It was not about the children of illegal aliens. It was about the children of, I'm using their own quote, resident aliens. Why the Wall Street Journal would put this in there is beyond me. Now, listen, fair enough. Ladies and gentlemen, you disagree? Fine. You're a Republican, a conservative, libertarian, green, liberal, progressive, whatever you call yourself. This is the United States. We hash out our political arguments by voting for representatives in a constitutional republic that advocate for our causes. It's not a direct democracy. You think the Constitution, uh, the, uh, the 14th Amendment reads otherwise? You think that that subject to the jurisdiction thereof means territorial? Fair enough. It's not specific, Joe. Right. I, and, and listen, that's fine. But you will have to use... Uh, the words of the writers, you will have to use the words of the people who were behind the 14th Amendment to make a case in a court of law that that meant born in the territory of the United States, regardless of who, means citizenship. You see what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah. I am open to the idea yeah. if you make a, if the, if the 14th Amendment, and you can prove to me that it meant born in the United States, illegal alien or not, you are a citizen. I'm open to the idea that that's what it meant. And I that doesn't mean I think it's a good idea, Joe. Right. That means I, we can advocate to change it. What I'm telling you is suggesting that this is a settled matter. 
and that that is out of the bounds of polite conversation and that the court has already determined they meant territorial jurisdiction is a lie. It's a lie. It is absolutely made up. And listen to yesterday's show, the first 12 minutes, where I describe what the difference between political and territorial jurisdiction is. Ladies and gentlemen, I think our case is crystal clear that they were talking about political jurisdiction. Children born of U.S. citizens overseas are U.S. citizens. The system is being abused. Mark Krikorian was on last night with Laura Ingram. I don't know if you saw it. Was explaining just how badly the system is abused. He brought up a number of reasons why we have what they call birth tourism in the United States. Joe, people come from from Russia, from Turkey and other countries. He brought up some reasons. uh, Again, frankly, folks, some I had not heard before. Some people with money come to the United States to have their children born in the United States. They stay here for a month to get the passport. One of the reasons, I don't know if you ever, if you if, stop me if you've heard this, Joe. My, yeah. One of the reasons Mark cited is some of them do not want to serve in a foreign military. So they get a United States passport to get out of foreign military service. One of the other reasons is it's easier to get a U.S. job if the job market where they are starts right. to falter. Another reason is just the plain security traveling internationally with a U.S. passport. You're not subjected to as many restrictions as some other passports are. Believe me, I know my wife had a Colombian passport for a long time. These are very, this was, that is never what that amendment was intended to do. Ever. But argue the case otherwise. Do what we do in a sane, rational, constitutional republic guided by the rule of law. If you really believe the 14th Amendment was intended for birthright uh, citizenship, territorial jurisdiction, you believe that's what that second clause means, subject to the jurisdiction thereof, fair enough. If you can prove your point, fine. Then we as conservatives need to fight against that, get a constitutional amendment to change change that amendment and to read specifically about political jurisdiction. Fine, but do not lie to us. Do not write op-eds like this suggesting the issue has been resolved when you know yourself they're talking about the children of resident aliens in the U.S. Wong Kim Ark case. It is not true. It has not been decided. Stop making stuff up. Because you make us all look like idiots when in fact you're the one misleading people. Just say This is an open question, but we believe it means born here is birthright citizenship. Fine. I believe otherwise. Let's make the legal case. That's how, Joe, civility works. Ah, civility. Again, stop making me, Joe, Mark Levin, um, Andy McCarthy, and others look like a bunch of crazed lunatics. We're just telling you the truth. The case has not been decided. It hasn't. That's just a fact. And just be honest. Oh, man, is it frustrating. Now, you have that Harry Reid clip, Joe? Yes, I do. In case you think, oh, the Republican, you right-wingers, you're all nuts. Here is radical far-left Democrat, Harry Reid, back in the day when he, you know, uh, wasn't his, uh, when he was trying to run in a relatively conservative state and was trying to get reelected. Here's Harry Reid talking about the damage done by birthright citizenship. If making it easy to be an illegal alien isn't enough, how about offering a reward for being an illegal immigrant? 
No, no sane country would do that, right? Guess again. If you break our laws by entering this country without permission and give birth to a child, we reward that child with U.S. citizenship and guarantee of full access to all public and social services this society provides. And that's a lot of services. Is it any wonder that two-thirds of the babies born at taxpayer expense at country county-run hospitals in Los Angeles are born to illegal alien mothers? Uh, that's not Dan Bongino. No. That's Democrat former Senate Majority Leader, uh, Minority Leader, Harry Reid. It seems weird a little bit. I'm sorry, folks. Joe is going to, this may be, if this is the weirdest edit ever and you hear, that is not on Joe, it's on me. <laughs> Joe played that peewee clip and I said something about I had to take out. I had to, because I swear I thought he was messing with me. And I don't want to insult a fellow conservative podcaster. I mean it. He's a good guy. And if I you don't... only knew, yeah. Oh, if you well, maybe one day we'll put yeah. the outtakes in there. <laughs> it's going to be the weirdest cut ever. Oh, that's funny, dude. That is so funny. I was not messing with you with that. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> dude, we have so... Well, this is a live show. I'm warning you, right? We're going to be in so much trouble. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh! You have no idea. We are going to be we are going to be apologizing all day. Oh, aren't we? Right? This is crazy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm we didn't sorry. mean it. We didn't mean it, folks. All right. So enough on that. But you get the point with yeah. birthright citizenship. The two takeaways again: it has not been decided by the Supreme Court. Secondly, the open question is if they meant political or territorial jurisdiction. There is a big distinction between the two. Okay. Um, moving on. You know, yesterday I did a show about the social media censorship, Facebook, Twitter, deplatforming. Um, there's a new story out that Google, um, another far left, radical far left company, uh, Google has been removing uh, the video or censoring the video of the uh, liberal maniac protesters who were removed during a moment of silence from a Marsha Blackburn event in Tennessee. Marsha Blackburn is a Republican candidate for Senate. She was, uh, this is a shocking story. We covered it on the show. She was holding a moment of silence to commemorate the victims uh, of the synagogue attack in Squirrel Hill. During a moment of silence, insane Looney Tunes far left protesters decided to start screaming, Marsha Blackburn is a white supremacist. Ironic that she was holding a moment of silence for Jewish victims as a white supremacy chant starts. Uh, it's just nuts. Well, Google is apparently now censoring that. Uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, you shouldn't be either. And whenever I bring up the fact that I don't think there is a government solution to this, I get a lot of email from people who are understandably upset. One guy tweeted me, uh, and I get it. Listen, I, I you know, the, your, your commentary is appreciated. As long as it's the right way. I don't like, don't please, I mean, listen, I'm not a snowflake, but if you're going to start your email like you're a more, I, I'm not reading any. I'm sorry. Uh, that happens once in a while. Rarely, thank God. Yeah. But, but, you know, but uh, if you have some kind of informed feedback, I am more than open. Matter of fact, I, you know, a lot of you I've emailed back. But one guy had an interesting point. He didn't agree with me. And he said, Dan, you're mistaken. The one power we have now is political. In other words, we control the branches of government. Why would we not exercise the one power we have to regulate these companies when we've lost social power, academic power, power in the entertainment community? Uh, fair enough point. 
Well, I, I thought I explained that. Apparently, I haven't. And again, I, I, it is a good point. I, I get it. I disagree with you, but I respect and value your opinion. The reason is you are assuming we are going to hold political power in this midterm, hold political power in 2020, when that may not happen. And the problem is once you grant government a power, it never, ever gives it up because as the brilliant Chuck Ecker, former executive for Howard County, said to me once, and I've said on this show repeatedly, I asked him once why government power never goes away. And he said, Dan, because there's no power in yes. There is no power in a government bureaucrat telling you yes. There is only power with a government bureaucrat having the power to tell you no. Hey, uh, Mr. Government Bureaucrat, can I open a business in your state? Well, you can, but here's what you have to do first. Check, 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 check. Well, how do we, hey, how do we grease the skids? Well, a little campaign donation helps. There is no power in yes. There's only power in government being able to tell you no, so you have to lobby them to get to yes. It blows up their egos and it inflates their campaign accounts. It was the greatest line I think I've ever heard about the never-ending, expanding government. Chuck Ecker, great line. There's no power in yes. What I'm trying to tell you is once you give the government power to regulate social media companies, you're assuming that these social media companies and this government power is going to be retained by a largely Republican Congress. Once it becomes a Democrat Congress, it is going to become a platform to regulate the internet in general for hate speech. And that hate speech, do you really believe is going to be categorized as liberal? It's going to be Republican hate speech, which is not hate speech at all. It's just advocacy for liberty. And you are going to be sanctioned from the internet by the legal powers of the United States government, which you're going to have to lobby to get back. But a fair enough criticism. I read my emails, unlike some hosts out there. We actually, my wife and I read them. Now, it was a little unfair for me not to suggest to you solutions. Now, I did say to you yesterday a, a kind of bird's eye view solution, which granted is probably a long way off, but the bird's eye view solution was we're going to have to start a conservative economy and some kind of conservative social media platforms where conservatives can be free. Uh, to put up their material and not have to worry about being sanctioned by Facebook, Twitter, and others. But let me just give you some practical stuff that I've thrown out there already. Number one, just cancel your account. Folks, I have some contractual limitations with that stuff. Joe knows what I'm talking about. I, mm-hmm. I, it's not as easy for me. I've backed away from Facebook. Like I used to do videos and stuff. I've backed away significantly from Facebook. Um, but just cancel your account. I mean it. If this bothers you a lot, just cancel your Facebook account. Folks, Facebook's audience has been dropping. Facebook is now in a full-fledged battle. You see what they did to Gavin McGinnis. Um, this is, just cancel your account. I mean, this is a real fight. Folks, and I get it. You, you, I, I, the, the fight does not bother me as much as it bothers others because I know Facebook and Twitter are sowing the seeds of its own destruction. And I know the worse it gets, the better it's going to get in the long run. It's like cable news. Cable news and network news got so left. I knew when it, when we, you know, what is it? It's, it's, it's always darkest, like right before the dawn, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I hate these goofy, but it's, it's true. It's always, and I knew the minute it got really bad, there was going to be an alternative and then boom, Fox news appeared. It's going to happen. So I don't worry as much about it 
I don't want to say I don't worry because it sounds like I don't care, but I do. I just, in my triage of needs, that's why I have this own the libs thing. As long as we can keep these people from power, it's the power they crave to do these things. Other platforms are going to materialize. But cancel your accounts. Just cancel them. Get off the platform. Listen, that hurts me too. I mean, I need to advertise there sometimes, but I, I don't care. I, I, I understand that this means a lot to people and there's no reason for you to be on a platform that treats you like garbage. But a couple positive notes. Folks, they cannot exist without us if we start to shun these platforms in mass. They can't. This is, again, what happened in the network and cable news wars where it was a battle to be who could, more, who could be more leftist. Tom Brokaw, Peter Jennings, or, or, or the CNN crowd. It got so bad that people just started tuning out. Fox News presented itself. You had a near overnight success. What happened to CNN? CNN went from the kings of cable news to finishing 52nd or whatever in the cable news races behind uh, you know, reruns of Beachfront Getaway on HGTV. Ah! <laughs> we will win in the long run. We will win. Is that me? Who is that? That was Pee-wee. That was again? Pee-wee again. <laughs> you love Pee-wee. <laughs> it's true. They cannot exist without us. CNN, is their, their, their model is failing. Air America, which was originally designed to be a liberal series of nationally syndicated talk radio shows, failed miserably. Joe and I know some of the people who work there. It failed miserably. They cannot exist in this, in this conservative, or excuse me, content space. They cannot exist without us. Tune it out. Cancel your account. It's as simple as that. Finally, one more point on this. They need us. Folks, they need us. Facebook, Twitter, and Google are under assault right now, economically, by a bunch of big tax, social, uh, social Democrat, European-style uh, pseudo-democracies that are dying to punish them for their success. Oh, you doubt me? There's a fascinating op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today about a UK-inspired 2% tax. 2% tax on revenues. Do you know what kind of money that's going to be for them? 2% tax on revenues, right? Mm-hmm. For Facebook, and, and, and Joe, the tax is written to almost exclusively hammer Facebook and Google and, and, uh, and the social media companies, the internet <laughs> companies. The United Kingdom, supposedly a free market country, is looking to hammer them. Oh, you're coming to us for help? No, thanks. We're good. Oh, but you guys are the free market guys. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're for free markets. You guys aren't a free market. You discriminate against conservatives. They need us. Smile a little bit. How long before the liberals who are celebrating the discrimination these companies have wrought upon Facebook and Twitter on conservatives by discriminating against us? How long do you think it's going to be before the liberals celebrating it Turn around and see them as the cash cow they need to finance all their big government programs. How long? The answer is they're no long now. It's happening right now. <laughs> yeah. Read the. I'm not kidding. There's the Wall Street, the, the United Kingdom is proposing an absurd, outrageous two percent tax on their revenues within uh, with uh, for business within the United Kingdom. You're talking about an outrageous amount of money they are going to be forced to to fork over. Facebook's a business, folks. 
It's got to answer to shareholders. Shareholders who don't give a crap about political politics, uh, excuse me, partisan politics, who care about what? About fattening up their wallets. They're going to be like, hey, uh, Facebook, yeah, we're going to need some help. It's time for us to lobby those conservatives. Oh, oh, you need, now you need us. Oh, isn't that cute? You want a meeting? No, thanks. We're good. You guys are on your own. No, I'm serious. Let them out. Let them dangle. They want to become a liberal propaganda machine, Twitter, Facebook, and others. Google. Good. Fight your own fights internationally. Amongst these these hungry wolves thirsty for your profits. Fight your own fight. You lost us a long time ago. You want our help? That's how the free market works. That's why I'm telling you, do not make these government ent- uh, inter- uh, government regulated entities. I'm telling you, it'll be a disaster. They will become a fertile stomping ground to suppress free speech with the exclusive sanction of the United States government. That is not the solution. They need us. These governments are coming for their money. They have shareholders. They are going to need supporters of ideological free markets and economic free markets. They've abandoned one of us on the ideological side. They've screwed us. They have hammered us relentlessly on these platforms. They are going to need us in the economic free markets. But we're good. We're just going to sit this one out. Don't forget, I know people at Facebook who email me. And people who work there who are good people. They are. I get your emails. I'm not going to say your names. Don't worry. You never have that fear. We never disclose a name on the show unless specifically authorized. But Joe knows it. We got yeah. Apple people, right? Yeah. Facebook people. Mm-hmm. One guy at Twitter. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of good people working there. And I love you to death. There are a lot of solid, hardworking Americans who subscribe to the values we believe in mm-hmm. who work in those companies. You better make your voices heard. If you have any kind of voice within those companies whatsoever, you are going to need us. Let's be clear. We do not need you. We like you. We don't like what you're doing, but we like the platform. Obviously, our yeah. people wouldn't be on there. You get, you see the difference. We don't like what you're doing, but we, but we don't need you. Don't ever mistake the two. We don't need you. Just like we didn't need Tom Brokaw and we didn't need uh, uh, CNN. We didn't need it. We found a way around it. We always will. We are the entrepreneurial thing. We don't need government to bail us out. We will find a way out of this tunnel. We'll get there. But you need us to find your way out of the tunnel into long-term economic prosperity. We do not need you. You are making a catastrophic error in judgment here. Catastrophic. And the fact that you can't see it is, is laughable. All right. Um, Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. They're one of my original sponsors. And the reason they've stuck with us and we have stuck with them for so long is because I believe uh, with every ounce of sincerity in me that it is the finest nutrition supplement company on the market. They have the best people designing their products. They are always at the tip of the spear. And one of the best products they have out there is Field of Greens. We all know we need to eat as many fruits and vegetables as we can, the life-enhancing compounds, the macronutrients, the micronutrients. We grow these things in the earth. They make our bodies healthy. They make our brains healthy, our muscles, our tendons, our joints, our immune system. We need a good diet and the foundation. The foundation of a good diet is fruits and vegetables. The problem, 
They're hard to cook sometimes. You got to go shopping for them. They're perishable. I get it. So what do you do? Well, you get fruit and vegetable insurance. Well, how do you do that? Well, how you do it is you pick up a bottle of Field of Greens at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Folks, this is not the cheap extract you see out there with a lot of this other stuff. Look, fruits and vegetables in a tablet. It's extract. A lot of it is crap. This is real food. It's not extract. It is healthy, fresh, vibrant, life-enhancing fruits and vegetables ground up into a finely tasting powder. You take a scoop, you throw it in whatever you want. OJ, tomato juice, green tea, water, doesn't matter. Your protein shake. And you will be getting all of the life-enhancing compounds in fresh fruits and vegetables in one scoop a day. By the all means, eat more fruits and vegetables too. Don't get me wrong. That's what, But this is your fruit and vegetable insurance. You'll never feel better. I love this stuff. It's called Field of Greens. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a jar of Field of Greens today. You will not regret it. Send me your reviews. They have been overwhelming. I don't even want to say overwhelming because I've never gotten a negative review. Overwhelmingly positive. Field of Greens. Check it out today. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. All right. On the ringleaders thing, I got a couple emails about this the other day. I was talking about how it's becoming increasingly likely that Victoria Newland at the State Department, who was the Assistant Secretary of State, was playing a key role in the development of the Trump-Russia collusion hoax early in the game. Um, and, and I said to you that there were multiple ringleaders in this thing and that the hallmark of a conspiracy theory, in my opinion, is when it's easily explainable. Nothing in government is easily explainable. It's, it's not. Government is not smart enough or organized well enough for people to coordinate based on the commands of one person. It just doesn't work that way. It's too dis. I worked in the government. It is too disconnected. It's too just disjointed. And as Father Bob Sirico said one time, and I use this quote often, government's just too stupid. <laughs> he's not talking about the people. He's talking about the design of it. It's just too dumb of an organization. It's too big. It's too inefficient. It doesn't respond to incentives because it doesn't have to. It cannot get things done efficiently. So when someone says to you, you know, I know who killed JFK. It was Joey Bag of Donuts because he said so in a I'm always skeptical. <laughs> Anything easily explainable is usually explainable away as sometimes nonsense. What I've suggested to you about, because I get this all the time, people say to me, well, who coordinated Spygate and this whole attack on Donald Trump, the spying on the operation, the collusion, the fake collusion, who did? And I said to you the other day, and I, I was talking about Victoria Newland. On, uh, what was it, the Monday show? Yeah, check out the Monday mm-hmm. show if you're looking for a recap on it. The Monday show. That she was likely the bureaucratic one, at least responsible as one of the ringleaders, of making sure this narrative about collusion made it to the FBI. Because remember, the goal was to get Donald Trump investigated, right? That's right. the goal. Right. Get him investigated on a fake collusion story so that what? So they can use it later to leak to the press to show that Donald Trump was a, you know, won the election because of the Russians, even mm-hmm. though they knew it was nonsense. But I said to you later that there were other ringleaders as well, and I glossed over it. And man, did I get emails. Dan, you got to explain that more. What do you mean? So I'll take the last few minutes of the show to sum up what exactly I meant. I said to you that there was likely an Intel ringleader too on the Intel community. You know what? Let me backtrack a little bit. Let me me give you the why. The, The reason I think why Newland was the bureaucratic ringleader. Folks, Victoria Newland had a lot to hide. She had all the relationships to do it as well. She was one of the supporters of the Benghazi talking points. 
Victoria Nuland had a central role in dealings with, the, with, uh, with Ukraine and Ukrainian politicians. Some of the same Ukrainian politicians who were involved in an effort to oust the guy Paul Manafort was working for, who was, was not a good guy, by the way. But I'm just telling you, the incentives were there to make sure her relationships with the Clintons, her relationship to Strobe Talbot, former chief of staff, to a guy who was the brother-in-law of Cody Shear, who was one of the, one of the creators of the, of, of the additional dossiers, also a Clinton acolyte. Um, she had every incentive in the world to, to mask her role in uh, what happened in Ukraine, to mask her role in what happened in Benghazi. She had a lot of incentives to make a lot of that stuff go away and keep the attention on Donald Trump. She had relationships with people in Ukraine. There were Ukrainian people, uh, in Ukraine, a Ukrainian politician I write about in my book, Spygate, who alleged that Paul Manafort was paid off by the government, uh, by government officials in Ukraine. And Joe, there was a ledger showing the payment. Hmm. The ledger never surfaced, folks. <laughs> never surfaced. So the why on her is clear. Now, why would, in, why would the intel community ringly, why would Brennan do it? Folks, Brennan's a known partisan hack. He's always been. Brennan had been caught multiple times doing inappropriate things. One of the inappropriate things Brennan was caught doing as head of the CIA is spying on the Senate in their negotiations on the Iran deal. Brennan was also knee-deep in the exchange of information between the British and the United States about Donald Trump in an entirely inappropriate manner that did not pass through normal intelligence channels. How do we know that? Devin Nunes told us. Devin Nunes investigating the case said none of this information was passed through normal Five Eyes channels, meaning it was passed at the director level, meaning John Brennan did something at the director level that should have been handled to intel officials on the ground, likely the gathering of opposition research on Donald Trump, and he did it for reasons that appeared that he was hiding it from people who would have vetted it and determined it was nonsense. Brennan likely wanted an elevated position in the Hillary Clinton administration. He had every reason to attack Donald Trump as a partisan. He had every reason to hide his role, just like Newland did with the Benghazi situation, to hide his role by making sure Trump was impeached later. He also had every reason, based on his partisan ideology, to make sure that the Republican candidate looked bad. That's why I believe he was the end. And why do I believe it, by the way? Because he met with the British GCHQ head, shows up at Capitol Hill to talk to Harry Reid and others, and all of a sudden a letter gets sent over the FBI investigate Donald Trump using some of the same points in the dossier that we now know John Brennan must have seen. Who was the political ringleader and why? So we have the bureaucratic ringleader, I believe, in Newland, the intel ringleader in John Brennan, the intel community. I gave you their incentives. The political ringleader is Harry Reid. Now, this one's a little tougher to nail it down because there were so many people involved in this. But Harry Reid is the guy who gets the briefing by John Brennan in August and then authors a letter to the FBI practically demanding an investigation into Trump for Russian collusion based on what? Just read the letter, folks. It's the dossier based on a fake dossier paid for by Hillary. Hmm. Well, what's Harry Reid's motive? Simple. Harry Reid is a known partisan hack who will do anything to stay in power, keep power, or maintain power once he leaves office by maintaining connections to people in power. Harry Reid has made a boatload of money during his time in the United States Senate. Harry Reid has shown a proclivity, to, a proclivity to say anything to get elected, 
accusing Mitt Romney of not paying his taxes, lying repeatedly on the Senate floor. I think Harry Reid was the political ringleader because Harry Reid had no moral compass. Everybody knew it, and they knew he could be manipulated too. He's the one who writes the letter demanding an investigation into Trump. Remember, that's the goal. Get Trump investigated to make sure the heat stays on him so that the heat is not on us for what we did. Finally, who was the FBI law enforcement ringleader? You may say, oh, that's obvious, Jim Comey. No, no, I don't think so. I disagree. I'm not suggesting to you even remotely Jim Comey's without blame in this. I've done entire shows on it. He hid the investigation from Congress. It's already on the record. We've seen it in his testimony to Elise Stefanik, representative from New York. Stupid dog. You're darn right. <laughs> He's not it. It's Andy McCabe, ah. the deputy director. I am reasonably confident he is the ringleader on the law enforcement side. Why? His wife's running for state Senate. Virginia's a Democrat, gets significant support from people in Hillary's orbit. Andy McCabe refuses to recuse himself while he's investigating. His FBI is investigating Hillary Clinton. He understands this was a bad decision. He knows he has a lot to hide. He's politically vulnerable. He's in a politically appointed position as deputy director. He likely wants to be the director or gain some kind of position in the new administration. He has every incentive in the world to go along with the fake dossier and this investigation and make sure it takes down Donald Trump to kiss the collective butt of Hillary Clinton and the incoming administration. I'm sorry if I was unclear on that the other day. I didn't mean to gloss over it. I just wanted to focus pretty heavily on a name that was, uh, was, wasn't getting enough attention and should, which is Victoria Newland. But those are your four ringleaders in this. They talk to each other. They know each other. Harry Reid's familiar with, deeply familiar with Brennan. Brennan meets with Harry Reid. Um, Brennan uh, knows Newland. Newland knows Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton has ties politically to people tied to Andy McCabe. Andy McCabe's dealing with Brennan. They all know each other. But it's not easily tied up. There were multiple ringleaders running multiple acts. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to my show. I know I say it a lot, but it really does matter to us. You've been doing a great job driving us up the iTunes charts, and that's how new people find us. It's free. All you have to do is go to iTunes. It's on your podcast app. Every iPhone has it. Just put podcasts in there in the search thing. Just scroll down or swipe down, put podcasts, and uh, just go put the Dan Bongino Show. Hit subscribe. It's free uh, on uh on, uh, on, on other phones, the Samsung and other phones uh, out there, go to iHeartRadio. You can follow us on iHeartRadio. Again, free. You can also listen at Bongino.com every day where the show is, frankly, loaded up about five minutes earlier than it is everywhere else on our website. Please subscribe, though. It helps drive us up the charts. We really appreciate it. Thanks for everything, folks. I really appreciate everything you've done for the show. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.